Welcome to the Unstoppable Recording Machine Podcast, brought to you by Focusrite, supplying hardware and software products used by professional and amateur musicians, which enables the high-quality production of music. Focusrite, sound is everything. And now your hosts, Joey Sturges, Joe Wanasek, and Eyal Levy. Welcome to the Unstoppable Recording Machine Podcast. I'm Eyal Levy. With me is Joe Wanasek, and we're going to crit some mixes, but... I got to say that I'm amazed that this is the first time we've ever done one of these where there isn't a goddamn Skype delay. Well, you know why that is. That's because we're like three miles away from each other in geographic location. Yeah. Do you think that's what it is? It definitely is probably playing a role in that. We've been uh, hanging out all week, haven't we, Al? We have, filming like crazy. Are yeah, you- I've been on camera for quite a few days straight, and I'm kind of tired of talking, but here we are podcasting. How are you feeling? Besides tired of talking. I kind of feel like going to the bar and making poor decisions. <laughs> yeah, however, we're not even close to done filming. Yeah, we got some fast tracks and we got a lot of stuff to film. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, we've been making a really cool course that's going to do great things for whoever actually goes through it. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this one. This is definitely uh product of passion and something I think a lot of you guys are really going to like, but we're just going to tease it. We're not actually going to tell you what it's about. You're going to have to wait. Ha <laughs> You ever wonder when we do this educational stuff, how many people actually go all the way through? I've got, I feel like there are some people like we've got some students who have been around for a while who just keep getting better and better. And you can tell that they actually will do the work with the stuff that we put out. But Sometimes I feel like a big majority of people don't go through the stuff. And uh, if you guys did actually go through the stuff and uh, put the time in, you would get better. Definitely. I think I kind of look at it like this. It's just like these podcasts. We just keep doing them. And eventually, sometimes people listen to us. And, you know, then every once in a while, like six months, I'll look at the stats and I'll be like, oh, wow, you know, more than like our assistants and interns listen to us. That's kind of (laughs) cool. So I try to set the expectation as low as possible. So I'm not completely disappointed. Do our assistants and interns even listen to us though? No, they don't. So it's really just us listening to each other talk. Yeah. But (laughs) do you listen to these? Not anymore. No, I'm kidding. Dude. (laughs) When we we make them. Maybe nobody listens. It's just a conspiracy. Yeah. (laughs) Well, then no one's going to care about how bad we're about to trash these mixes. Oh, today is going to be especially savage. I'm, I'm feeling the hate and anger today. No, not really. I don't know. It's it, What is it today? Is today Tuesday? It's or? Monday. Is it Monday? It is Monday. Monday oh, the 13th. Geez. Dude, I don't even know what day it is because all I do is sit on camera and talk. So, Well, it's not actual hate. It's actually love. But uh, sometimes the best way to uh, deliver... A loving sentiment is through a brutal, <laughs> a brutal, hateful package. I actually went on a rant about this when I did my solo mix script Monday not too long ago. Um, I actually, this is kind of like my least favorite episode because I don't like critting things because they're so negative and I have to like be really harsh, but which is weird because I normally try to be pretty positive, but uh, you know, it's the nature of the beast. So we, we do this stuff out of love and you know, we're here to help you guys. So hopefully this stuff is actually helping you guys. I mean, the, the feedback is always good, but all your buddies always tell you what you want to hear. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, you know, even nowadays, I feel like I've got 
two or three people who will tell me the truth. And even now, there's certain friends who will just fucking yes me. It's like, you would think that at this point, I've been around for a while, like I can handle it, but people still will yes me and not tell me the truth. And I think that it's just because people are hardwired to not want to offend their friends and their or their family members or whatever they no one wants to be a dick no one wants well most people don't want to be dicks most people don't want to offend you and so they're not going to tell you what they're really thinking well next time you call me and ask for an opinion i'm just going to say no okay <laughs> that's that's fine <laughs> but you don't yes me though eh, it depends it depends how important it is <laughs> thanks God uh, damn it, he's no. been guessing me. <laughs> I'm about to develop a complex. <laughs> I feel like two old men who are just exhausted. I mean, guys, we've been filming like 16 hours straight every day for quite a, a large amount of days, and we have many left. So kind of feel like uh, a couple of old men sitting around just yapping about nothing. So why don't we crit some mixes, huh? All right, fine. Uh, let's... Uh... This is yapping. <laughs> like... <laughs> 1940 called it once it's word what back. What the hell were we even talking about? I already forgot. Um, I don't know. It, it doesn't matter. Let's crit some mixes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this month on Nail the Mix, we've got Right Back at It Again by A Day to Remember. Andrew Wade is our guest mixer. He produced the record, helped with the writing and the arrangements, and all, all in all, he kicks ass. And we are going to be critting our subscribers data remember mixes that we picked we handpicked these right out of the Roctagon. The Roctagon is one of our private groups specifically for mix crits. These mixes were not given to us to crit. We just uh we just swooped in and grabbed them. Sold so, them. Yeah so these illegally yeah, so, under your noses. <laughs> so these guys are not expecting to uh to get a crit from us. So this should be a nice surprise. But I feel like everyone posting in the Roctagon knows that this could potentially happen. And we've done this a couple of months in a row now, and the feedback has been really awesome. It seems like you guys really like that we're taking crits from the Roctagon and working on the nail the mix stuff. Because I think the biggest question everybody always asks every month after we turn in the top 20, they're like, dude, why did I get in the top 20? And I'm like, well, it's complicated. There's a lot of mixes. I I'm going to rant about this. Can I rant about this? Yeah, I'm sorry. Man. You can yap. I, I'm getting, I'm get, I get fired up every month just thinking about it because, uh, you know. I, yap away. We always come under fire for this. And it's just like, here's the deal with the top 20, right? I feel like the first, getting the three through five is pretty easy. Like there's a couple of mixes that are always usually like right on point and outstanding and sound pretty good. And then there's kind of like the next five or so, and those sound pretty good. And then there's kind of like that 15 through 20 spot, right? And the truth is kind of like mixes somewhere between 10 to 15 and you know, let's just say 30 to 40 are generally kind of interchangeable where you're like, ah, I like the guitars better on this one and the vocals and this one's, but this one's balanced a little bit better, but this one's got a much better bottom end. And it's kind of like, well, which mix is better? And you're sitting there and you're kind of scratching your head. You're like, you could go either way. And it's more so like, okay, so I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to AB through a couple of them and be like, which ones where I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds a little bit better overall. Just that's what I'm feeling right now. So sometimes people get really upset because they don't make the top 20 and they feel like they should have, and maybe they made the top 50. And it's like, well, you got to understand that there's like a certain level. It's like, like I said, there's that top 
tier of people and those guys you know they're killing it and it's not the same people every month sometimes there's a couple of guys that make it a lot but in general usually like the top five mixes at least to me are pretty obvious and then there's kind of like that almost top five and then there's just like that middle chunk of pretty good mixes that you know have a few things that are they're lacking in and can improve on and then there's kind of like below the bottom 50 which is usually pretty obvious so i don't know it it depends i it really does it's hard to pick mix winners from hundreds and hundreds of mixes you know by the time you've listened to 10 of them you're like okay (laughs) the one thing i will say is that i've been pretty right in calling which one i think is going to win most months as have some of our uh, staff that helps us organize these. Like, it's pretty obvious who the winner is most months. And uh, it's not ambiguous. Like, you can tell when you hear it that there's a couple or three or four mixes that are just better than all the other ones. And so, yeah, it's just like once, to me, it's almost like once you get past that top tier, aside from the really bad ones, the difference is starts to be very, very slight between all the mixes. Yeah, and very preferential. It's not like something jumps out and you're like, oh, this mix slays the other. This should have been better, blah, blah, blah. How come this didn't get into the top 20? Yeah. Every once in a while, just for fun, we uh, we intentionally throw a troll or a curveball in there just to make sure you guys are actually listening. Like one time I threw one with like auto-tune vocals and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I laughed when I heard it. I'm like, dude, top 20. Like, let's, let's see who's even listening this month. So, you know, I, w- I would say some people get bent out of shape and really are really passionate. I shouldn't say bent out of shape. Some people do get bent out of shape and I'm genuinely upset, but some people are like really passionate. Like, I don't understand why I was in the top 20. I want to make the top 20. Listen, guys, if you're making the top anything out of hundreds of mixes, you're doing pretty well. So don't take it to heart. If not, look at it this way. Don't look at it as something negative. Look at it as a room to improve. You know, look at the best mix, the mix that wins and look at your mix and be like, okay, you know, why is this mix better than mine? And more importantly, how can I beat it? And put yourself to the highest possible standard. And I think that's a really important thing for life. I mean, for example, in my career, I don't know you, uh, know about you, Al, but in my career, I always sat down and every time I want to do anything, no matter what I'm getting into as a hobby or a profession or whatever, I always look at the best people in the world immediately when I'm starting out and I say, okay, this is the best. These are the people that are the unicorns. What do I got to do to get that good? And that's what I aim for. And whether or not I even come close to that, even laughably close, (laughs) um, it, it doesn't matter. It's just setting your standard that high because when your standard is set that high, you know, if you shoot for the star and you hit the moon or halfway in between or even don't even leave the atmosphere, at least you're shooting for the best and the pinnacle and you're striving for excellence. You're not striving for mediocrity. So, you know, look at the best guys and compare. I mean, really, in reality, you should be trying to beat the reference mix that's done by the A-list guy because, you know, that's the real mix you'd have to compete against in the real world. So, you know, it may be cool winning the top 20 or getting like top 10 or something like that. But in reality, either it beats the reference or you go home and don't get the gig. So, you know, set high standards for yourselves and high expectations. Try to make unrealistic standards. You'd be shocked how many people don't go for the absolute highest thing just because they think they can't. You know, and another thing, if you don't make it as far as you think you should, and you just don't get it, you just don't understand, like you're convinced that your mix is just better, Dude, it's a conspiracy. Yeah, no, it's really well, a secret conspiracy. <laughs> well, just ask yourself, 
what is it that they didn't like about my mix? Like, maybe instead of thinking, why did they pick the other mix? Ask yourself, what is it about mine that maybe they didn't like? So maybe try to reframe it. Rather than asking what's so good about that other mix that mine doesn't have, focus on what it is about yours that might not be uh, getting, I guess, getting the votes or getting the attention you think it deserves. Because lots of guys who didn't win in the past told me that they did that. They asked themselves why we didn't pick them. And then when they started to actually think about it, they realized, oh, my vocals were buried oh, my cymbals were too loud. Oh, yeah. It was distorting like crazy the whole way through. (laughs) (laughs) You know? That's all bullshit. Let me tell you how it really works. We get together in like a mix Illuminati secret meeting that nobody knows about. And then we're like, all right, how can we screw up the top 20? I wear a yak (laughs) outfit. He he dresses like like a stag. I got. A, I was gonna say I got a goat fully and just wear its hide, and I, I don't even wipe up the blood. And then when the blood dries up, the meeting is adjourned. So here's how it works: we sit in a secret mix Illuminati meeting. Have you ever seen inspire. eyes wide? Ever seen eyes wide shut? I have not. Uh, well, if anyone has seen eyes wide shut, and you know the party scene, it's kind of like the eyes wide shut party. I'll take your word for it. I just have my bleeding goat. <laughs> I'm, gonna sh- <laughs> I'm gonna show you the eyes wide shut party. <laughs> yeah, are we gonna film after this? <laughs> you, yeah, you're gonna think it's awesome. You're gonna be like, hell yeah, that's that's definitely how we pick our mixes. So then we conspire and then we pay off all of the voters so that we can select which mix is gonna win. And um, essentially, it's just a, it's just a rigged system. So no, yeah, I don't know. Is it Ooh, conspiracy? Ooh. <laughs> all right, let's all right. listen. This one's by Philippa White. <laughs> Yeah. 
Something is so off. We can leave it this time. <laughs> Did you, what'd you think? It was awesome. Leave the bitch, please. You like the bitch? <laughs> I've liked the bitch on the fucking homestead. <laughs> Alright, that was by our subscriber, Felipe White. Well. You want to go first? Sure. Felipe, I'm feeling mean, so you can start. Felipe, I'm sure you're cool. So I mean this in the nicest possible way, but this is kind of all wrong. The wrong kick sounds like metal. This is not metal. This is like, this is like hard rock. You know, it's pop punk with like metal influence, but this is not metal. This is a top 20 band. So wrong kick. It sounds like metal. It's way too clicky. The guitars are just way too clean. So, and I mean the heavy guitars and also the clean guitars, like the, the heavy guitars don't have enough gain on them. So they just die off. There's like no sustain at all. And like, it makes the picking sound super jerky. Um, because there's all these like thing riffs in there, but the without enough gain, it sounds so herky jerky. It kind of hurts. And then the clean guitars have no dirt on them at all. And if you listen to the original version, like they're kind of overdriven a little bit. They're not crystal clear, clean guitars. So these guitars are just way too clean. Vocals are way too loud and dry. Like. They're <laughs> so loud, but however, I can't hear the backup vocals at all, and there's a ton of backups on this song. There's harmonies all over the place. I'm just really hearing the uh, the lead vocal just loud and proud, dry, freeballing it, and then... Uh, <laughs> freeballing? The, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. So um, Just balls out, yeah. just lead vocalist, fuck the band. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> lead guitars are buried. I actually kind of like the beatbox part. I'll give you that. But the problem with that is that the dynamic is all wrong. Because when the band comes back in, the band is quieter than the beatbox part. What the hell, dude? The beatbox is louder than the band. It's not supposed to be that way. That's supposed to be a dynamic lull before it, the band kicks back in and goes through the brace for impact part. Got it wrong. So that's that's what I wrote down. I concur. That was pretty... A pretty good opening monologue here, and I feel like you've used the floor well. Thanks. I'm going to add a few things in that. Is it just me or is the snare pan left? Now, uh, it was so weird I had to check my speakers, but then I realized that the kick was quite in very much mono. And then I go back to stereo. I'm like, why is the snare like three or four dB louder in my, the left ear? And I, I started thinking about it. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. I've been, I've been working too long. Like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm, try, I'm starting to make excuses and justify it. Nah, dude, it, something's fucked up with the snare. It's like he's got the overhead jacked or something, and the snare is pulling left by, like, 50 degrees. I don't even know. I, I, I don't understand how that's possible in a mix like I this. I didn't even notice that. That's like freaking me out that I didn't notice. And so now... Well, you're sitting in a hotel room. I'm sitting on that's speakers. That's true. But I'm, <laughs> so, but, yeah, but I'm listening on headphones. I should be able to... Yeah, I don't know. I just... I was on. like, dude, I'm, maybe... I'm about to play this right now. Uh, I think I was so freaked out by like all the other stuff that I didn't even notice... This well, yeah, the vocals are 74.681 Hold on, I'm, li DB. I'm listening to this. Let me, I want to hear this, this left hand snare or whatever. Elevator music. Do, 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 You're right. Do, do, See? Yeah, yeah. And when you're right, you're right. <laughs> no, 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 you're 100% you're right. That, that snare is off to the left. 
Yeah, that's kind of whack. It's almost it almost sounds panned on my speakers, and I, like I said, I'm sitting here scratching my head, and then I loaded up another mix. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, my my right speaker still works. <laughs> it hasn't failed. Yeah, it's pretty whack. So I don't know what's going on. Um, I feel like the only way that can happen logically is that there's an overhead or a room or something that's either really loud or it's off center image, and um, it's poking really hot on that side, and he has to like limit it out or something like that. Or maybe, I don't know, or man. maybe there's a mono room that he panned by accident or something. I don't know what he did, but my... Uh, dude, you got to get that snare up the center here. We're mixing radio pop punk music here. And, um, you know, the kick, snare, bass, your center, vocal, that's literally the most important balance in the entire mix. I mean, everything else, like guitars and stuff, are cool. But to be honest... It's all about your center because when this gets summed down on, to mono on radio, no one's going to give a shit about the accent, guitar, or this or that. All they're going to hear is kick, snare, bass, vocals, and a little bit of guitar. So you got to get that snare. I don't know. It just needs to hit. It needs to sound like a snare drum, and it doesn't. It sounds like it's panned left. So I don't know, man. Fix that. I'm just going to reiterate here, though. Let's jump topics. Vocals, way too freaking loud. Holy crap. A lot of times we talk about gelling okay this is a very important concept in mixing here like getting it to sound like a song to feel like one whole and um, this is a great example of a mix that does not gel at all it's like you said the kick drum is like from another genre the vocals are literally floating and completely disconnected from the mix but there's no backing vocals to to connect them to anything or and ground them in the ambiences it's just and this song has tons of backing vocals too yeah and they're great like all the other mixes we're about to go over, you know, the, the backing vocals, you can hear them, you know, like mm-hmm. pretty loud and clear. So I listened to the original mix of this and, you know, he's got them pretty loud. So, yeah, uh, the snare is pretty boxy. If we want to jump back to drums and be neurotic and jump all over the place, uh, <laughs> the snare needs some serious EQ. Like, I don't know what's going on. And I get it. Like the original mix was kind of a boxier kind of snare, but I don't know. Like, I feel like it, it just got muddy and it was weird. It's like pan left and it just isn't EQ'd right. But I feel like the bigger, more important, substantial issue here is aside from not having like the right kick drum and, you know, things like that, or just the balances are off in general. Like the, the balance is way out of whack. And I kind of would zero out the faders if I were you, get a more approachable kick drum sound for the genre and, uh, you know, kind of bring the faders back up and just start rebalancing this and see if you can get it again. But, you know, I, I think if you, you might've been overanalyzing it, AL, where he's sitting down and he's really working out and tweaking and maybe chasing some mixes, but I kind of feel like he's got to maybe go for some of the gut instinct where just zero out all the faders take them all down to nothing and then just start moving them up and then just go by gut and try to balance it as fast as possible. And um, you probably get a much better balance doing it that way. Uh, you just have to experiment. Well, to me, it sounds like with uh, some of the elements, like like he tried to create too much clarity. You know, so the kick ended up way too clicky, the heavy guitars without enough gain. Like these are things that you do sometimes when you want to hear something better, you know, because too much gain on heavy guitars can sometimes equal noise. How do you, how do you dial in more, uh, I guess, hearability in a metal kick drum? You add more high end, right? So I, I feel like he was trying to get more clarity out of the mix, but he just went way too far. 
and yeah. kind of threw the baby away with the bathwater kind of thing. Yeah, so I think just kind of reset everything and yeah. take it back from the top. Get that snare in the center. You know, let's get a kick drum that works. Everything's just a little bit too, like you said, like a little bit too um, wrong separated. You know, it's not gelling. Uh, the opposite of a mix that's gelling really well or like really glued together is one that's like really like overly separated and everything kind of feels like it's floating by itself and it doesn't feel like a mix and it doesn't feel like a song. It feels like a bunch of elements just flopping around and I don't know, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, Felipe, good luck with that. I would start from scratch, like Joel was saying. All right, next mix. This one is by Jay Leahy. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that.
Alright, Jay, I have a question, and I know Jay's not here to answer, but uh, my question is, where are the drums? <laughs> I want to know what the hell he's monitoring on, man, because like from 200 to maybe 1K, it sounds like there's just no EQ work. I can't even explain it. It's really weird. There's just a total clusterfuck of frequencies going on. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, like that frequency range is cause it's like putting a blanket. I feel like over everything, it's like this weird, soupy, honky, but like low midi kind of just weirdness. Yeah, like okay, let's start at the bottom, right? So we'll talk about the structural stuff. The kick and the bass, they're a freaking mess. Like the kick in bass EQ, they are fighting and literally stomping all over each other, and it sounds like. Uh, it reminds me of like me and my brother growing up. You know, we just sit and just beat the crap out of each other all day, and like you know, it, as we roll around. Can I tell you something I used to do to my brother? What? <laughs> I used to kick his ass. I mean, we were like really young, and I'd <laughs> and he'd start crying, and then I would like crack a joke, or like uh, or tickle him, or like do anything just to make him start laughing, and then I'd immediately kick his ass again. <laughs> so I did that crying. to mine, too. Yeah, and then the moment he's crying, fucking make him laugh again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you were savage. I used to beat the crap out of my brother every day for years. But it's like that, you know, it's like two boys fighting. It's literally like the kick and the bass are pummeling the shit out of each other for the entire mix, and it's like, oh, I can hear the kick. Oh, there's the bass, and they're, like, they're literally stepping. It's like uh, you put them in the washing machine or no, not the washing machine, the, um, you know, the dryer and it does the spin and they just like smash over each other and on top of each other. That's what the mix sounds like. It literally sounds like the kick and the bass are having like a pissing contest and they're crossing the streams and like no one's even hitting the urinal. So it's like <laughs> they, there's no clarity in the yeah, 100. so descriptive. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's a pretty fucked up analogy. It's um, fantastic. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's the imagery the mix gives me. Just two streams of piss canceling each other out. <laughs> that's so good. But the, the, the thing is that the the kick is so quiet too. That's amazing. It's, and it has no energy or balls either. Yeah. Like there's no sub and there's no push. But then like the whole eighty through three hundred to four hundred region of both of them, it's just like what the hell is going on. It needs EQ. Do you want me to? I'm gonna come out. I'm gonna fly out. I'm gonna come to your studio. I'm gonna open your stems. I'm gonna EQ this part in five minutes, and I'm gonna come back, and then we're gonna recrit this mix. <laughs> I don't have no idea where he even lives, dude. That snare needs a sample. Yeah, about that. Well, I'm just gonna okay, drop I, the mic and well, stop talking about it. Okay. Well, first right. of all, I feel like I, you know, having heard the the natural snare on this, I would say that anyways, that snare needs a sample. Like, I don't think that you should be trying to get the natural snare on this because I don't think it sounds that great. I mean, most radio songs have 100% natural snares, don't they? Nope. Nope. Well, I mean, if it sounded like it's no like and it's no dig on Andrew or anything like sometimes sometimes you get great sounding natural snares. Sometimes you don't like it doesn't. It is what it is. Like every situation's different. I would definitely 
suggest that you use a sample on this song. And I don't mean that you have to 100% replace it or anything like that, but I just mean that to get that kind of power and cut that you would want out of a snare, you got to put a sample on it, especially this one. I mean, hell, he could just take just a 10 milliseconds of a snare sample, like just a transient and put it in there. It would make yep. it sound 100% better or something I've been playing a lot with lately because we're about to put out a transient designer is like you could put like a, a high pass detector and just crank the attack on the, you know, everything above like 300 hertz and it would just totally sound like a different world on a snare like that. So it, it just needs some love, man. Sample it or... I don't know, like 100 dB of 8K. and <laughs> Maybe not that much, but... Okay. Can we talk about the guitars for a second? Uh, I couldn't find them. They were buried under a blanket. Well, I have, I have, two, <laughs> I have two gripes, and you nailed one of them, but uh, I feel like the guitars are both harsh and muddy, and this doesn't happen very often, but when it does... How come it happens on Mixed Crip Monday so much? I don't know. I, I feel like that them. dude in the meme. It's just like I don't usually make my guitars harsh but muddy, but when I do, <laughs> and you know what it's I mean? On, like it's on mixed crit Monday. <laughs> it's definitely for mixed crit muddy. Yeah. All right. Here's what happens. I, it's really hard to get a guitar harsh and muddy unless it's recorded like shit, which I know these guitars are not even close to. They sound great, like the Raws. So. I, I'm trying to think of advice here that I can give that's actionable because. When a guitar is usually harsh, it's usually when you remove the mud and then you're like, ah, there's some shit in the top end that's got to get taken out. And then you chase it and that, you know what I mean? You're kind of balancing the mud versus the harshness. But here, the it's just super boxy in the mid-range. It could just be the kick and the bass are pissing over each other. <laughs> well, I, I think that the the reason that the that the guitars are so harsh is probably because the cymbals are so fucking loud and painful that the high end of the guitars and cymbals are pissing all over each other up there. I feel like you've got the same thing going on up there that you have with the kick and the bass. High end of the guitars and cymbals are just fighting for who can be more annoying. Man, this is like mixed rage Monday. This isn't even mixed crit. <laughs> um, all right, so what advice can we give them? Uh, first off... Notch those frequencies on the cymbals and turn them down. Yes, I think we should... I'm wondering what he's moder monitoring on because I feel like it, it, it's like NS10s all of a sudden. Like he added the NS10 EQ curve to the entire mix. You know what I mean? Like he's got to go in and he's got to like... If you just took a master cut from like 150 to let's just say 1.5 to 2k and just cut out like three or two db with a really wide cue i mean it would be angels would come down from the sky and the and like choirs would trumpet and it would be like <laughs> a great celebration and like monuments and statues would be erected <laughs> like it would be it would be it would be a much better start to this mix so i almost feel like he's got to zero out his eqs he's got to kind of set everything back and then just kind of restart try to get the structural stuff with the kick of the bass more solid and you know the the, the bass needs to be under control and uh then just see about clearing up some of that mid-range and get them dance cymbals down and try to clean up the top end. I don't know. It's a, a lot of work needs to be done on this one. So hopefully there's some sort of valuable advice in that because sometimes you got to know what you're doing really wrong before you can say, okay, I know what I did. It, it's like a couple times on Mixed Rescue. I've had it and I've opened it up and I've been like, okay, 
I'll go through the stems and they'll have some crazy plug in. I'm just like, just turn this damn thing off. It's fucking everything up. Like as soon as you start turning off all these weird, like distortion plugins and like I was doing one, they had like that Manny Mariquin distortion. I don't know how to pronounce his name. If I butchered that, I'm sorry. Um, he had this distortion plugin on everything and it was just totally destroying like 90% of the mix. And as soon as I turned it off immediately, immediately the mix was like, night and day better. So sometimes there's some weird situations like that where like somebody reads like, oh yeah, you know, I, I got to saturate, man. Saturation's how I get a great mix, blah, blah, blah. And then they put a saturator on everything. All it does is destroy the mix. Well, <laughs> so. let me give you an example of that done right is uh, Taylor Larson. He, most of his moves are through saturation, interestingly enough. Like, I mean, of course he EQs and compresses and stuff, but but a lot of stuff that a lot of people would normally do through EQ or compression, um, he does through saturation. And it sounds great. He knows what he's doing. But, man, I feel like also in addition to the EQ being weird on this, like they just need to... I would recommend that before they even EQ, they try to just get the levels rocking. <laughs> like Yeah, we're over two on levels today. I just want somebody to send me a mix with like decent levels on it yeah these levels are fucking horrible and i'm sorry to say it that way but that just came out as honest as it could be like these levels are shot man like they need to get the levels first and then start doing some eq i think because why even eq something if the drums are multiple db <laughs> on on way too quiet under under the guitars and stuff and it's also the vocals too they're so under mixed that i'm struggling to understand what he's saying in the verses and i know that these vocals are clear as fuck i know because i've probably heard this song about 50 times well like, i got an idea al we're hmm. going to start a new thing. Nail the Mix is cool and all. And, um, you know, we appreciate you guys all subscribing to that. But we're going to start. We're going to cancel that. And we're going to start a new one. We're going to call it Nail the Balance. And we're just <laughs> going to do fader levels. Either that or I'm going to do like a 40-hour course on just balance. <laughs> I, man, the thing that's, that trips me out about the balance problems in some of these mixes is that we don't know what people are listening on. So we don't even know if they think they're hearing good balance. Yeah. Like they could, it could be probably is coming off their monitor and they're like, dude, this is fucking dope. Like I crushed this mix. I'm so proud of this. And they turn it in and then we do this. And then they're like, Oh my God, I'm going to kill those guys. Um, okay. So what's wrong? You know, is you're like you said, is it the monitors? Is it, is it the mixing? Is it, is it just maybe the experience, you know, cause, cause you don't know. I mean, somebody could be inexperienced. Um, just starting mixing or somebody could be extremely experienced, but have a totally messed up environment or they could be inexperienced and have a messed up environment there's so many different variables and it's hard for us to tell you know it's not like we're sitting here over your shoulder that's kind of what makes uh some of the mix rescues a little bit fun that we do for the enhanced members is like we get to go into your sessions and we get to sit down and be like all right so this is cool. You nailed this. This sounds amazing. Um, you're approaching this in kind of a weird way. Check this out. Look at how much clarity we can get by doing X, Y, and Z. Now compare it back and forth. You see how we were able to take all those plugins off and just simplify and uh, get it sounding better, blah, blah, blah. So that's always interesting for me, at least, like when we're doing those kinds of things and just seeing how other people work and how they think. Yeah, yeah, for sure, because... There are a lot of assumptions that we make just from only listening to the track they give us. 
we have no idea what they're actually doing. Well, shall we move on? Yeah, okay. Here's one from Michael Hilska. A mix by Michael Hilsko. You want to take this first? You betcha. So I feel like I just want to get this out of the way. Remember how loud the vocals were on the last mix? Yes. If we were to take the bass from this mix, which is equally as loud, and put it with the vocals and just have like a bass vocal band, it would be balanced pretty well, I feel like. Oh, uh, you, you mean the first, the first 
mix. Yes, sorry, the first mix. I have I have mix amnesia. <laughs> yeah, okay. So the the way too loud vocals from Felipe's mix with the way too loud bass from Michael Hilska's mix. And the toms from this mix are also some of those like high tom fills were just like ding ding really fast. It's it's literally like six dB louder than the mix. It jumps out and I I, I almost jump. I'm like holy shit, that scared the crap out of me because I was I was rocking it pretty loud. <laughs> I do think that this was the best one out of the three, just because I guess it had the most energy. Yeah, let me say something positive about this mix. The bass is completely fucking wrong and everything about it needs... We're going to get into detail. <laughs> Let me say something positive. <laughs> but, dude, his vocal mix, he fucking nailed it, man. It's the tone, the EQ. Um, he, he did a pretty good job uh, comparatively. Like, the vocals sound like that kind of like they do on the album, you know what I mean? Like the vocals sound really good on this. So when I was listening to it, I was like, all right, like I can ignore the fact that the bass is 6 dB too loud, <laughs> flying all over the damn place. And like the whole 100 to 200 area is just completely out of control. But aside from that, man, the vocal mix sounds sweet. It's kind of like take your vocal mix and just do the whole rest of the mix again and make it fit and sound as good as the vocal mix and we'll have a real badass mix. <laughs> How's that for general advice? No, I, I agree. Um, I do feel like there's something that sounds a bit overpushed about the entire mix to where there's something painful happening. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what it is because I, I wasn't able to zero in on frequencies and in certain instruments, but I just feel like there's something like jumping into my ears like a knife. <laughs> I don't know I don't know what it is. There's some there's something in it. I feel like Yeah, it cuts, but at the same time the mix I feel like doesn't have any power, if that makes sense. So while it has a lot of cut to it, as you know, we'll call it the knife cut. It's like it's like a very slicing mix. It's also m missing some power. So we have like a little switchblade thing going on where it's carving you up, but like we need we need some machete in there, if that analogy makes any sense at all. Like we need to hack off some limbs or something. <laughs> well I just feel like this is a fatiguing mix. Yeah, definitely. I think um, he's got to get the bass down, and then I feel like it'll add a lot more clarity to a lot of different things like guitars and et cetera. And he's got to get his 100 to 250-ish, 300, whatever, EQ'd properly and sitting right, maybe compressed, whatever. It, it, it's just way too damn loud and out of control. But then um, I feel like that will kind of peel back the skin of the banana and then it'll really expose all the inefficiencies of the top end so like is it the cymbals is it the guitar like i said the vocals are feeling pretty balanced and pretty good and eq'd pretty well to me at least in my speakers so i, th I think there's probably some cymbals guitar and some other anomalies up there that need to kind of be chased but again the bass is so overbearing that it draws your attention and i feel like it it's kind of like masking because it's so damn loud and out of proportion bring that back and then we're going to really open up that top end and we'll be like okay well this is what's wrong with the top end so you know he's, he's on the right track on some things he's really i don't know he's got to have some kind of bass monitoring situation maybe it's like uh, the typical like i don't have a sub let me tell you a story about subs actually okay so i was doing a one-on-one -on, -one on enhance the other day Al, and i had a guy who like a month and a half or two months ago, I had a one-on-one -on -one with him and he was mixing in this gargantuan room and he didn't have a subwoofer and he sent me a mix and his bottom end was just messed up. So I, I really hammered on him for it and he came back and he got a sub and I had him on last week and we sat down and we talked. Man, and his low end is one of the best low ends I have heard since on any one-on-one that I've done in, in months. Like it was freaking sick like 
he really, it, w- it was night and day better. And the only thing he did is get a sub. So he couldn't hear what he was doing down there. Man, the bottom of his kick locked so nicely with the bottom of his base. And like the base was nice and round and sculpted and massive and controlled, but it wasn't like, you know, there wasn't a lot of crazy dynamic swing to it. Like it just locked, it felt nice, it was gelling and it sounded huge, but it wasn't overdone. And he, he did a really nice job. And it was just amazing to watch what, kind of transformation can happen when somebody has proper bottom end monitoring and a decently treated room. It was literally night and fucking day. Like I should send you these mixes after this. You'd be like, holy shit, what happened? Yeah, I'd love to hear them. Do you feel like sometimes when dudes can't hear the bottom end and they end up over mixing it and it ends up out of control, they then end up pushing the high end? In the painful oh, yeah. areas to compensate. Yeah, or they're they're looking at some analyzer or something, and they're like, oh, well, it looks right. I can't hear the damn thing, but look, the math says it's right, and reality is it's way screwed up. So you got to be careful either way. If you can't accurately hear your bottom end, and I... I I will fight to the death over this. And I know some people disagree. For example, even even Joey and I argue about this all the time, you know, because he doesn't mix with the sub. I, I'm just like, dude, how the fuck can you hear 40 to 50, 55, 60 hertz accurately unless you have like some massive towering speakers with huge ass drivers? You know what I mean? Like you, you gotta, you, you need some way to hear what's going on because the difference between, you know, 35 hertz and 50 is a huge difference and extremely important in mixing. And, you know, you really, really have to be able to hear that stuff. Some guys can pull it off, but man, I just, I I think having a sub and and the more mixes we crit here and the more one-on-ones we do at Enhance, the more I realize that I almost feel like someday if I win the lottery, I'm going to buy all of our subscribers who don't have a sub, a sub (laughs) and bass trap treatment for the rooms. Damn, that's generous, dude. I'm feeling generous today. <laughs> that's very generous. It went from Rage Rage Mix Monday, Mix Rage Monday, to uh, everyone's getting a car. <laughs> yeah, until they have to pay taxes on it, and then they all call me pissed. Like, dude, that new sub you got me is really awesome, but man. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, then I guess you can just buy me a new sub. All right. You have a, you have a way nicer sub. Dude. All right. I'll tell you another story. I know this is off topic, but whatever. It's my show, too, so I can talk. <laughs> <laughs> Allow me to Hollywood for a second. <laughs> Dude. All right. When I went to Ailes the first time and I was sitting at his studio down in Florida, he had this kind of like small control room, this gargantuan drum room. And... Uh, this control room was great because the sub was freaking huge. Like I could curl up my whole body and sit inside his sub if I was like one of those dudes. What do they call them? The people that can fit in that? It's like a contortionist. Oh, contortionist, or, yeah. All right. And not just the band that you recorded, but the dude that fits in the in your sub. So you could fit a whole human in that sub. It's and a like, big-ass Genelec sub. Dude, it was so banging to sit next to that thing all day while we sat there and got drum sounds and stuff and like... It was just like the most brutal sub. It was so deep and so low. And just, I I remember sitting in the chair next to it and just completely having my shit rattled for days. And then like you go sit at the console and it was nice and balanced, but I was just like in that weird corner. So I don't know. I don't even know what the hell the point of that story Rearranged was. Rearranged your insides. Yeah, dude, it was great. I loved it. You need a sub, man. You, you you can't feel the fucking music unless you have a sub, and you need to feel the music when you're mixing. <laughs> I like subs. So, hey, that's uh, that's our Mix Crit Monday. All of you guys listening, um, if you think we're being harsh, then uh, 
<laughs> Fuck you. Just, just kidding. <laughs> 3 p.m. Bike rack. No teachers. No friends. No weapons. No gangs. Guns. Um, one on one only. Uh, we'll, we'll see you there Wednesday. <laughs> uh, no, if uh, we're just trying to be real with uh, our mix, Chris, we know that some of it might be painful to hear, but. Like we said before, we're not here to yes you. We're here to just tell you the truth. And um, nothing is better than for your, I guess, for your progress than to get the cold, hard truth. I remember that uh, once upon a time when I was a lot younger and I was first starting off, I sent a pretty big mixer some I guess some fucked up files. This is a while ago, and uh, man, he hit, he railed me so fucking hard for it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've we've all done something like that. I know. Uh, I think Taylor was telling me. Taylor I've never done that. Never. Okay. Well, Taylor was telling me about a time that I think he did something like that. Oh no, Andrew. Andrew oh. Wade was telling. We just talked about it on the last podcast. Um, he was telling me about a time that he got bitched out too and like it's it's just one of these things if we had never been bitched out by somebody up the ladder from us we would have never known to improve that and hey, so i had a big fat greek manager when i was in a band that would we would come to band practice and he would spend the first 45 minutes of our business meeting every week screaming at us and telling us how much of worthless pieces of shit we are how unsuccessful we are how we're gonna fail it was great i loved every second of it we got so much shit done with that guy he was amazing yeah man it, it, it's important to get uh, you know, to get checked. So um, I hope that all of you guys listening go back and listen to your mixes with more critical ears and try to apply some of the, uh, I guess, some of the advice that we doled out this time to your own mix if it's appropriate. And uh, if you're not subscribed and you want to get these uh, multi-tracks and have your own go at a data remembers right back at it again. Uh, just go to nail the slash a D T R and get on the, uh, data. Remember nail the mix train balance, balance, balance. That's today's takeaway. Learn how to balance everyone. It's, it's a skill and an art and it's so stupid and fundamental that everybody doesn't give a shit about it and glosses over it because they all want to do parallel sidechain saturated compression post EQ with a dip of reverb send. So, yeah, that made no sense. But you know what I mean? Like everybody wants to run before they walk. Get your balances together first. You could probably sometimes I feel like you could hit the top 20 by just balancing a proper mix and then maybe using a shelf EQ. With some of these tracks we give you, hell yeah, you could. I mean, seriously, guys, it's it's doable. Fundamentals are everything. So take that one to the bank. I feel like we say that a lot, but it's you true. can't ever say it enough because it's just so true. I mean, the biggest breakthrough I ever had in my mixing when I went from like really shitty to not quite as shitty, but I got a lot of clients was when I realized I was overdoing things and overthinking things. And I really wanted to just settle back into more of the fundamentals of my mixing. And I kind of simplified and concentrated on the basics. And I found very quickly that my mixing improved night and day in a very short period of time. So, you know, it's, it's, it's cooler to like walk around and say like, yeah, you know, 
I use this really crazy mix technique and I came up with this crazy way of doing this. I mean, that's awesome. But if you're missing your balance, it doesn't matter. That's right. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next time. Cheers. The Unstoppable Recording Machine Podcast is brought to you by Focusrite, supplying hardware and software products used by professional and amateur musicians, which enables the high-quality production of music. Focusrite, sound is everything. Visit Focusrite.com for more information. To ask us questions, make suggestions, and interact, visit urm.academy slash podcast and subscribe today.